0: Welcome to The CAP, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce today Jack Monfort, who's a men's lacrosse player at Yale University, this is a continuation of the series geared specifically to student-athletes and their parents. Jack, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you here today. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I'm, I'm super pumped for you to have me on here. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jack. We are super pumped as well, so let's get right to it. Jack, why don't you tell us about your lacrosse journey? How old were you when you started? And at what point did you realize that you were really good?
1: Yeah, so uh, I started playing lacrosse when I was about four or five years old, usually doing like the local rec league, and then once I got to second grade, I started playing a little more, doing games and whatnot, and then, you know, as you get older, you have to start figuring out if you want to play travel, so fourth, fifth grade, stayed on South of PAL, Uh, fifth, sixth grade, decided to uh, to, try out for a travel team. Tried out for three, I want to say. It was like the Long Island Jesters, uh, Express, and 91, and didn't make a single one. So obviously, <laughs> I was really upset, but ended up just going with Express. Um, I made I made the C team for that because I missed the main tryout. Um, and obviously, with travel, there's a ton of politics. So that, that didn't really work out for me. So I was on the C team for one year. And then next year, I climbed up to the B team. I was on that for two years. And then I eventually got pulled up to the A team, which was awesome. Didn't have, didn't have the best year that year. So they actually tried to cut me and the kid that they wanted to put on the team, yeah. he, he declined. So they actually put me back on and said it was a, it was a screw up, but we all knew why they put me back <laughs> on the team. Um, but like eighth going into ninth grade, that was kind of my breakout year started getting a lot more comfortable with, with my play. Um, and then, you know, being on a, being on varsity as a freshman helps your confidence a ton. You know, I was playing with guys like Lucas Kotler, Mac O'Keefe, EJ Aronson, Mikey Lardo, all these guys who are just beasts that just want to hurt you. And it's it's great <laughs> playing with those guys because, you know, you you go from being the man of, of your travel team but then you you go to a varsity team and you're suddenly like 150 pounds running around getting checked as hard as they possibly can. So that uh, that definitely helped my game a lot. And then ninth going into 10th grade, I luckily got some calls from from uh, some coaches and one of them was Yale. And I came up there after our Port Washington game, Coach Shea from Yale um, wanted me to come up and, and come to one of their training camps. And so I did that and I, I ended up playing really well and the rest is history.
0: So, Jack, was there a time when you realized, wow, I have a real shot at playing in college? And if so, what was that time like? Did anything change in terms of how you approached lacrosse?
1: Yeah, so the rules were, were different when I was getting recruited. So you were able to get recruited whenever you wanted to. So in seventh grade, I kind of had to make a decision. Do I want to play soccer or lacrosse? And at the time, I was playing a lot of soccer as well. Um, so I, I decided to go with lacrosse, just thinking about coming out of Long Island, it's going to be easier to play in college than, uh, for lacrosse than it was for soccer. So I ended up stop playing. I, I stopped playing soccer for about three years while I just focused on lacrosse, which, um, which definitely helped my game a lot. And, you know, it gave me the time to really hone in on, on my, on my skills for lacrosse. But I think the difference between the two sports was lacrosse was now my primary sport. And it now becomes a lot more stressful than it was. So once I started playing soccer again, it kind of gave me that that secondary sport where I was able to just enjoy what I was doing again. Not to say I wasn't enjoying lacrosse; it was just a lot more serious. Um, so I think you know taking that time off and making that decision was honestly a, a definitely a positive for me. Um, it helped me it helped me figure out a lot of things and and what I wanted to do, and then. Coming back to soccer was also the best decision I've ever made. Um, just you know, playing two sports, if, if you're going to college for a sport, if you could get another sport, that would be great because every every sport helps the next. Um, it was also a great way for me to stay in shape before I ended up going to college and before each season.
0: Well, that's great advice, playing another sport, making yourself more versatile, keeping sharp on the offseason for lacrosse. Jack, how were you approached by the coaching staff at Yale? Was it at a local tournament? It would be great to hear about how the conversations went.
1: Yeah, so after we played Port Washington, um, I ended up having a pretty decent game, and Coach Shea ended up calling my coach and asked if I could come the following week for a training camp. Um, and it just so, you know, I, I played well there as well, and I think recruitment has, you know, a lot a lot to do with luck. You could easily have a bad game And then they kind of dismiss you as a player. Um, But luckily for me, also I had Lucas Kotler at Yale already, which helped me a lot because he was doing well. So he was Coach Shea was going to assume that I'd do well. Um, But after after that training camp, he had me come up uh, a second time, just to look at the look at the college and everything like that. And it was actually the only school I've I've ever visited. So I really had no idea what to expect. I'd spoken to like two or three college coaches before. One of them was Lars Tiffany, who was at Brown. And at this point, I was only really looking at Ivy League schools, only wanted to go Ivy League or Patriot League. Um, and then Coach Tiffany of, of Brown actually ended up leaving two weeks after to go to Virginia and never called me again. Um, <laughs> so, you know, recruiting, it's, it's definitely discouraging at times. Um, but luckily... I, I was able to have a have a visit at Yale. I was brought around by one of the coaches. And at the end of the day, I went back to the coach's office. And it was really brief. I pretty much walked in there, I saw a bunch of names that he was recruiting. And it was kind of funny, because I'm looking at names of my friends who I've who I've played with for <laughs> six years, you know. Um, and so he offered me a spot, my dad gave me a little nudge saying, say yes, because it's Yale. And I said yes. And my dad tackled me in the in the bathroom right next to the coach's office.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. How did your overall recruitment process go? And before making a final decision, did you get to see the team in action or were you invited to attend an actual practice?
1: Yeah. So I, I wasn't a top recruited player. I was, there were a hundred kids that were committed before me. And, you know, each time a kid gets committed, you compare yourself to them. You're like, I have played against this kid so many times and I feel like I'm better, but He's going to, you know, Big Ten top ACC school. And I'm just, you know, I wasn't getting any looks, but I, I honestly got more looks after I committed than before, because once you get a look, I, I mean, once you commit, you're you're put on a map. Um, so like I said before, Yale was the only school I visited. And if I could go back, I would definitely take a little bit longer to think about what school fits me best, because I, I honestly, I said yes the second he asked me. It, de- it definitely worked out for me, where you know I'm. Thank God, I'm happy here, and I love everyone that I'm with. But maybe I should have given myself an extra week, an extra two weeks, just just to like really think about what I want. Um, whether that's you know a, a big school or uh, practice schedule stuff like that. Like I really didn't look into the school, um, but I did have after I committed. Coach Shea has all the recruits and and commits come up for the first practice of the fall. And after seeing that, I was, I was hooked because you go from a high school practice. and then you go look at a college D one program and their practices are, you know, 10 times more intense than, than what you're used to guys screaming the whole entire time. We ended up seeing a little fist fight and it was just like, it's intense, but everyone leaves everything on the field there. You know, like after a fight, those guys are dapping up and like hugging each other. And it's just like, everyone's just so competitive and they want to see everyone else get to the next level that it gets, it gets a little personal at times, but everything's left on the field, which I think was awesome to see.
0: Well, that's great insight. Thank you for sharing those stories. Jack, what do you think helped you get recruited the most? Was it your high school play, academy team, video submitted, or a combination of all of these things and more?
1: Yeah. So I think like being active helped me a lot. I was sending emails every single weekend in the summer with my information about, you know, where I'm playing, what field I'm going to be on, what time these games are. And it's like 95% of the times I didn't even get a, get a response, but you know, those two, three coaches that actually did end up looking at me, they did that because I was doing something that other kids weren't doing. Um, but the first question that every coach is gonna ask you is gonna ask your coach is how is he as a as a person? And then that second question is gonna be, how are how are his academics? And those are two things that they're gonna ask before they even talk about you as a lacrosse player. So you need to have those things in mind before you even think about playing in college, because playing in college won't even matter if a coach won't look at you because of your academics or who you are as a person
0: well that's great insight and when talking to coach calabria he mentioned that by the time a college coach reaches out to him the college coach already knows whether or not you can play right mm-hmm. obviously you could play if they're reaching out to your high school coach because they're, they're interested so to your point in terms of you know your character those are the types of questions that the college coach is going to ask the high school coach
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Are are, are you coachable? Uh, Are you a good person? Are you good at taking constructive criticism? So, Jack, that's great insight. What was your particular decision process like in terms of being recruited? Did you have anyone that helped guide you through it?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, my dad was very active with me. He'd he'd help me with every email I sent. Um, You know, both my parents they're you know going every every weekend I'm going to Maryland Pennsylvania and then we're meeting a, a Long Island team in the championship and it's like you know what are, what are we doing out here um <laughs> but I you know like I said before I would definitely know what I'm looking for if I were to go back and do it again um I, I really didn't think about the decision much I just heard the name Yale and I couldn't turn it down but if I were to go back I would think about myself as a person and you know, what my personality is like and what type of college fits that, you know, do I want a big or small college? How are their academics? How are their social life? Um, And I think the most important thing, which talking to my other friends from different schools, it's a lot different from where we are here is the practice schedule. Um, and, And it's easy to get run down here because you're going full throttle six days a week, pretty much. Um, so like my friends at big 10 ACC, you know, Maryland, Duke, Virginia, they're practicing six days a week, five days a week in the fall, they're waking up at 5:30 for a six o'clock run test. And it's like, yeah, that's good for your team, but it's, it's not fun. You know, that stuff like that isn't fun. And it, it definitely wears you down before this season even starts. And then also we, uh, we, so we lift four times a week in the fall. Yale is is very keen on being the biggest team out there. So, you know, stuff like that, it, it, it does get a little rigorous for sure. But that that definitely comes with the package, and you have to know that. Um, But I, I think looking at the practice schedule helped me out a lot. It just happened, like I said, it just happened to work out for me because I really did not look at anything before I came here. And Yale, their way of doing it is – Let's have you know two, three practices a week in the fall, but let's let's make them lift four times a week. So it's like we're not getting run down. The time spring comes around, all of us are ready to go, and we're actually excited for the season. Where you look at a Syracuse, and they already have five games under their belt, and you know stuff like that isn't isn't fun.
0: Right. Well, that's great insight, Jack. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, what was your overall draw to Yale, and what would you advise potential collegiate athletes to consider? When trying to decide where to play,
1: so my overall draw to Yale was obviously the name, um, but under sure. that was probably seeing how similar Coach Shea and Coach Calabrio's personalities were, and it gave me kind of like a sense of comfort. Um, you're gonna, you know, you want a coach that's gonna be on your side and really cares about you as a person, and I feel like too many coaches, too many college coaches, kind of put up a front during recruiting just so they could get certain guys. And then, when those players end up playing under them, they realize that they're a totally different coach than who they were on the phone. So, I think the difference for Yale compared to other coaches that I've spoken to was he didn't want you here. He wanted you to want to be there. So, I've heard some stories from other recruits that, like, you know, he pretty much flat out told them, like, I don't care if you come here, but if you come here, you know let's get to work um, which I think is is a very different approach than what other college coaches do you know so big 10 ACC you're walking into a locker room they have every jersey lined up they have merch for you and here he he told us flat out we don't get we don't get merch we have one pair of practice shorts one pair of lift shorts and if you lose them you're in trouble um <laughs> where in these other schools you have a lot more leniency but Coach Shea kind of, he told me how, how it was going to be before I even got there. And he's definitely lived up to what he said was going to happen, which I I respect a lot because I knew what I was getting myself into before I came here.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I know he's an awesome coach and, uh, who knows, maybe one day we'll have him on the show (laughs) with coach Calabria. That would be Awesome. (laughs) What would you say to current students in high school in terms of what it takes to go to an elite Division One university to play lacrosse?
1: Yeah, so you, you definitely have to love your sport um, and, and you want to you pre- perfect your craft. I mean, it's a, it's a full nine, nine to five job. And if you aren't fully committed, you're really not going to enjoy playing. Um, you're different than the other kids that, are, that you're walking around. Not, not in a bad way, but you just have a lot more on your plate, and if your sport is stressing you, that's something that's not supposed to be stressing you. So if it is, it probably isn't going to be for you. Um, like I said before, like we're, we're practicing in the fall, we're practicing six days a week in the in the uh, spring. So if you don't love what you're doing, it takes up a lot of your time. So you really, you really gotta, you really gotta enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and I know how much you do. I remember watching you play in high school. I actually remember you as a ninth grader. We had a conversation where you said, as a ninth grader, I want to play at Yale University. And I thought that was so awesome, not knowing at the time that you were already being looked at, but I just thought it was so cool for a ninth grader to tell me so definitively, I want to play at Yale University, and here you are. So. You know, just so happy for you and all the great things that you've accomplished. I appreciate that. Of course. What was the transition like from high school, where you were a star player, to then becoming a brand new student athlete at Yale University? Did you play much in your first year, and how different was your schedule and other demands compared to high school?
1: So it was definitely tough. Um, you go from being the man. You know, I was I was an All American in high school, and then. You go to Yale and you you know, you're playing on a college team now where everyone else was an all-American as well. So it's definitely tough because you have to lose your ego and you have to realize where you are and find your role and double down on that. So it was definitely tough coming in and, and not playing. I didn't I didn't see the field my freshman year. You know, we only had four games because it was cut short from from COVID. But the week prior to us leaving campus, I actually got reamed during a film session, but it wasn't, it wasn't personal. It was more him yelling at me to, to tell me to figure it out because he knew the type of player I was and I wasn't doing the things I needed to be doing. And then, you know, academically you're, you're going from a public school to one of the best academic schools in the nation. So going in, you don't know what to expect. And then you you know you you go to class and you're surrounded by salutatorians and valedictorians, and it's tough because most of the time you're fighting <laughs> against those kids for grades. Um, so it it's definitely it's a shock. It's definitely a shock, but it, I think it's a good shock because you know I found hum- humility and I was able to get out of my comfort zone, which I think will help me for the rest of my life. So, yeah.
0: Well, that's great insight, Jack. Thank you so much. What does a typical day look like for a college student athlete at a Division I school and how does the week differ? For example, when you have an away game as opposed to a home game, what does it look like, Jack?
1: So it's 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 definitely a lot. You know, it's it's a full nine to five job. You know, I'm I'm waking up for lift, I got I got lift at nine AM and then I have three you know, usually two to three classes during the day, and then practice right after. But a lot of your mindset is kind of engulfed with lacrosse like most most of the day i'm thinking about the next thing i that i have to do for lacrosse not necessarily like academically um we have a lot of really smart guys on this team which definitely helps a lot because you could go to really you could go to anyone for for anything and a lot of us take the same classes because um, a lot of us have the same major so having that having the ability to to go to anyone on our team and ask for help definitely is is very very nice. The away games is kind of like same same week, except we start loosening up for practice a little earlier in the week because we're gonna have to travel on a Friday. So it's usually the same thing. It's just we're gonna miss Friday classes, um, but we always get a dean's excuse for that, and we get caught up on work. It's just obviously it's a little extra. Um, a lot of guys do work on the bus. You know, the other day we went to Cornell, five and a half hour bus ride. There are kids on our team that are on their computer the whole entire time doing work because that's just what you have to do. And, you know, it it, it it is what it is.
0: Yeah, you do whatever you have to do to make it work. You know, I get it. And I know that you recently played Denver where obviously you had to fly out to Colorado. So how did that week look?
1: That one, so we left on a Thursday. Um, so we right. weren't we weren't in school Thursday and Friday so stuff like that definitely gets a little sticky especially when you have you usually have the more important classes earlier in the week and Friday is a lot of us just have one class cuz we know we're going to have practice at a certain time they let us know beforehand before we pick classes um but the Denver one was a lot because you know we we were up by 5:15 in the morning at the field by 6 Um, we had practice and then we went right on a bus, right to the airport and it was a full day of traveling, but we did that so we could get comfortable in Denver. I mean, you know, it's higher altitude, stuff like that. We wanted to practice in on a Friday, but that kind of differs each, each away game. You know, if it's, if it's Denver that far away where we have to go on an airplane, we're, we're going to show up earlier in the week and our practices are going to be a little less intense. Um, right. Monday and Tuesday is going to be very intense, and then Wednesday, Thursday, they they settle it down a little bit for us. Um, and also for lift, we have before every before every lift we have power outputs, which is you know uh, vertical like how uh, how much how much power you're exerting from the ground on a, on a jump, and that percentage is going to let the coaches know how intense that they could go for the day. Which, not, you you won't find any, like any other college that's going to do that. Um, so I, I, I think that aspect is very important because they actually really do look at our health and how we're all feeling during a certain day, and they're gonna they're gonna work around us and and they're gonna give us the intensity that they feel that we can handle at that time.
0: Thank you so much for that insight, Jack. Truly appreciate it. I'm curious, how did COVID affect your player eligibility? Are you able to play more than the traditional four years? And can you explain how player eligibility even works with the NCAA?
1: Yeah, so COVID actually helped me out personally, um, just having the time off to, you know, time away from from school, then time away from lacrosse. And, because it was, it was a lot freshman year, and I wasn't necessarily happy with what was going on and how I felt um, during the season. So having that time off was, was great because I ended up going to Florida for two months, uh, two and a half months, and I lived there with uh, four of my friends where we all got an internship. So we were working five days a week, living in Florida, making money, um, building our resume, and then I came home, I took a couple classes, because I took the whole year off, um, which is what our whole team did. Um, but it was, it was very hectic because, you know, we were hearing from other kids on Ivy League teams that they have to go to school because their coach is making them because no one knew if we were going to play in the spring or not because every other team was playing. Um, but the Ivy League specifically, we weren't really getting any insight into what the deal was going to be later on. Um, so we all just decided to take the whole year off And then the second half, I was supposed to go to Australia uh, for three and a half months. And I had an internship there with two of my buddies on the team. Um, Ended up not working out. They didn't accept my visa, which was obviously unfortunate. But I still got the chance to do the internship. So I was just doing it in my basement. But I definitely got to build my resume, which, which helped a lot considering I have a lot coming up this summer. So I I don't really have a chance to do an internship. So will you have an additional year to play because of the year that you took off? I can have a have an extra year to play. I just can't do it at Yale. It's an Ivy League rule. I don't really know why, but that's just how it is. So I would I would definitely consider playing elsewhere after my senior year, but I would probably only do that if I could go with uh you know with a, with a classmate of mine.
0: Understood. Well, thank you for that insight, Jack. We really appreciate it. Lastly, what are the top three pieces of advice you would give a parent and student athlete aspiring to go through the recruitment process?
1: Yeah, so I have i have three quick things that I think would definitely help a lot of players, and it's, it's finding confidence in yourself, um, no matter who's looking at you. You know, coaches like to see someone who is confident, and you have to remember that everyone is faking their confidence around you and you just have to, you just have to fake it better than them. Um, So that was the first one. Second one is enjoy it because looking back at the process, I realized how cool it really was to see which colleges colleges want you and where you could potentially end up. And it's a very exciting part of your life and enjoy all of it because, you know, every, everything's happened for a reason. You're going to really enjoy where you end up anyway. So you know, wh- wh- whoever's looking at you, take it with a grain of salt and and just keep moving. And then the third one is, it takes what it takes. So you know, if it was easy, everyone would be everyone would be doing it. Um, and then you know, you should you should be thinking about the kid next to you that wants the same spot and want and you're gonna want to beat this this fictional player that you've created in your head. Um, it's not easy playing in college. So if, if you really want to, you're going to have to do everything you need, and then some.
0: Well, Jack, those are tremendous pieces of advice. It is so good to see you. It was awesome having this conversation with you. I truly can't thank you enough. I wish you continued success on the rest of this season and beyond. Thank you so much for sharing your insight, your expertise. We truly appreciate it more than you'll ever know.
1: I really appreciate you having me on here. I, I
0: definitely hope it helped. It definitely did, Jack. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.